Today's guest is Teresa Lees. Teresa is a breathwork facilitator and she's a recently certified energy healer and she can do both at once, which is pretty incredible. Teresa was on about a little over a year ago, I think, and I met her when she came on as a guest. I didn't know Teresa until we had the conversation on the podcast. And that's one of the things I love about my podcast is I get to know people and sometimes the relationship goes further after the podcast. So with Teresa, I asked her if she would come into my second half spark school and do breath work for my students. And I had probably two or three sessions before I met Teresa. And I just thought, I want to find somebody to bring in and let my students experience it. And so it's fun. It's fun because I don't think any student who I've exposed breathwork to ever had it before. It was, it's been their first time every time. And it's been so much fun to see them and witness their experience because we get on Zoom and we're on virtual with Teresa and then she goes through her thing. And it's it's one of those things where physically you lie down on a couch or the floor, whatever's comfortable. And she, as the facilitator, wants to see her clients. So while we're not in person with her, she can still see us. So you have to set your computer or your phone or whatever you're on Zoom with in a way so she can see you. So we're all there. And then, of course, we don't pay attention because during the breathwork session, your eyes are closed and you're not looking at the camera. Um, you're just hearing her and she has a playlist of music. And so that's kind of the environment of a breathwork session that's virtual. But then after we're done, after the 30 minute session, it's usually about 30 minutes, then we get on and and we're like, what what happened? What did what came up for you? Or what did you experience? And so it's really fun to hear those things. And even subsequently, after a couple of days, because now that she's doing energy healing, uh, the last two sessions we've done with her, she's wanted to know about the healing. And we each, she asks, what do you have that you would like healed? And so she likes to follow up to see if there, there were results from that. So it was super, super cool. We we talk about that in the in the uh, podcast interview. And yeah, it's great to have her back. And I thought, yeah, this would be a great topic since the second half Spark School is open for enrollment this week. And if you've never done breath work, you should look her up if you're interested because she is amazing and she knows what she's doing. And now that she has this extra skill of energy healing, it's just the a breathwork session that is like the extra extra level the the like the triple a <laughs> the five star breathwork treatment so uh yeah so let's get to the interview and hear all about what breathwork is maybe you've never heard of it before what it is and some of the experiences that i and my students have had 
All right, so here's Teresa. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half, and I have a special guest with me today, Teresa Lease. Hello, Teresa. Hello. So happy to be here. I know. I'm happy to have you. So I've gotten to know Teresa, and believe it or not, I one of the things I love about having guests on is that I learn new things, number one, but I get connected to people who are pretty cool and have expertise and things I don't know about and sometimes I need. And so Teresa is one of those people. She is a breath work facilitator and I think has gotten more certifications because you're doing healing now with that, right? Yes. 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 Energy healing and and life coaching. Yep. Yes. Yes. And so she is phenomenal. Let me tell you, I've had a few people experiences, I should say, with breath work. And I love you so much because I really get results when I do it with you. And I also like it because we're similar in age. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes, perfect. Yeah. And <laughs> I brought her in and introduced her to my students. And she's done group sessions with me and my students. And it's nice to have a woman that is relatable. And I also like the fact that you, pivoted later in life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. big time. <laughs> so your story is very, it can resonate with people who are searching for something new to find a new purpose, to find new meaning, to find like what is in my next chapter. And maybe breathwork facilitating is something they want to do. <laughs> but the thing, yeah, the thing with breathwork that I find and Teresa can explain the science behind it, but it is a tool that allows you to connect with the voices within. And they're not the bad voices, they're the good voices. They're the voices that we do not hear because we are so caught up in our busyness. And so why don't we start, first of all, Teresa, introduce yourself, just a little background, and then can you share the science as to why when I have a breathwork session, mm -hmm. I get these amazing downloads? I call them downloads, but they're just mess. I feel like they're messages from my soul. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So starting with my background. So I got divorced after a 20 year marriage and that was very devastating to me. I had just you don't plan to get divorced when you get married, but but it happened and it needed to happen and it was a good thing. But in you retrospect. Know, Yes, in retrospect, after yeah. you get through all of the difficult so, parts so of it. So was that a shock? 
it was a shock that I was the one that decided something had to be done. It, it wasn't him. It, w- it was me, but it was me because of him. I mean, I just got to a point where I knew I couldn't stay both for my own, my physical health and my mental health and for that of my kids. And it was just a brutal decision because I never, ever saw myself as someone that would choose divorce. So, so that was, it was hard for a long time after that. I just had a lot of guilt and sadness. And even though it gave me partially what I wanted and needed for myself and my kids, it also took away a huge portion of things that I valued. And you just get really thrown. Um, you know, 20 years is like a lifetime. And we had moved a number of times, you know, I think seven actually in those 20 years. So you no, know, your life is very fragmented. I had people all, a few friends all over the place, but nobody really deep because we weren't in places long enough. And but how eventually, long, how long did you stay in that indecision space? Oh, in the indecision before getting divorced? Probably like the last three years were very tenuous and I, I held on because we actually got transferred back to the place where we met. And I was thinking, okay, this could be a God thing that we're going to come full circle and things will improve. So I made that last move with him to the place where we began. And literally within four months, I just knew that I couldn't do it anymore. I was having migraines all the time. I was like 110 pounds. I, I couldn't eat. I was... I couldn't not live in your best life, not live in my best life. No, it's so and funny. So- I asked you that because I talk about this scared settler where we just like can't we're stuck in indecision and we're too scared to make a move because we're think worst case scenario. Oh, I won't have the right. income and I, uh, people are going to talk about me and I'm going to hurt my kids and all these things. We some true because your kids, even though mine were adults at the time. Yeah, they it's hard. Divorce is hard. There's no lie in that. But I will say that I was in like a three year where from where I knew and I waited and I waited. I was too scared and I was settling, just settling. And yeah, when you said three years, I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) it must be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was kind of magical. I mean, obviously we had problems long before that, but you just kind of keep churning away and there not every season of your marriage is pleasant or fun or or there's sometimes when you're giving more or he's giving more or whatever. So you have to just to be in a long-term relationship, you have to weather those kinds of things. Yes. And it just finally got to the point of I didn't have any more left in the tank to give anybody. And I knew that I had to just save myself and save my kids from what I felt was a just an untenable situation. Yeah, And not all his fault. I'm not saying that he had his own issues and we tried and it just didn't, it just didn't happen for us. And when did your headaches stop? They went on actually for quite a while after that. It's been a issue sort of on and off since then, but in the last probably three or four years, it's been really much better. So that took a lot. I actually ended up um, going to Costa Rica and doing an ayahuasca journey. And that is what actually stopped the headaches. I, I, I was at a point where I couldn't even be at work anymore. My my head just was hurting so much. And I'd heard about 
ayahuasca and how effective it was for all kinds of different things. And I, I had tried Botox injections and all of the things and nothing was working and not even breath work because I was doing that during this, the same time. Um, it just wasn't enough to get me past it. So, so the ayahuasca really made a huge difference. Yeah, that is incredible. Did you go to that retreat? There's a I did. Yeah, wow. it was a it was in Rhythmia. Rhythmia was the name of the retreat center Rhythmia, in Costa Rica. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it if you feel that ayahuasca is right for you. It's definitely it's out there. It's it's intense. Yes, it's you, intense. Have to, you have to you have to know a four that this day is right. where you're kind of with what are they? Are they monks? Shaman. shaman. They're shaman. Yeah. yeah. And there there's a lot of there's purging. Yes. Physical purging that goes with it. But I mean, the, again, it's and similar to breath work because in breath work, you can have psychedelic experiences. I will say that I never have, but I also did not have a, a typical psychedelic experience with ayahuasca. I did not get the colors and the visions and things like that are very common, but I did get like the messages of going easier on myself and things like that, granting myself more grace and more room to make mistakes. I think I just grew up as a perfectionist and it's just so many women are that way. We think it's a protection. If I'm perfect, they'll love me. If I'm perfect, I'll get the job. If I'm perfect, you just, I was just striving so hard for this constant perfection. And I mean, you think about that and it just, it makes my head hurt right now. Like you can't do it. You're kind of always tensed up trying to be perfect. So, and you're, I don't, I think that takes you away from who you really are. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We weren't meant to be perfect. We were meant to have a a shadow side to inform us and to, to grow and learn from. So I've learned a lot. Yeah. I'm loving that we're going here because what this says to me is that, and I'm glad the way you answered that when you left, your headaches didn't go away necessarily. They were still there because Mm -hmm. we think that's the answer. All our problems are going to go away. Right. This is going to solve everything. When we remove the external, but we still have external that we're dealing with and it's the internal it's the internal that right. we need to focus on, go inward exactly. to to fix that. Right. So that yeah. Is, that As is. within, so without. So yeah, you definitely have to take responsibility for what's going on inside of me. And that's why breath work is really effective because it kind of, it it first of all, it shuts off the thinking mind. So you don't have that monkey mind that a lot of people call it that. So it tends for most people, it will shut that down. So you don't have those crazy thoughts going through your head through the whole session. It it takes a little while, but most people do get there where their mind really quiets. And it's, I have to say breath work, it's the best for getting my mind to quiet down still. I mean, I meditate, I walk, I do all kinds of self-care things like that, that I get value out of every single thing. But for cutting out the the monkey mind, breath work is by far the best for me. Yeah, me too. I wonder if it's because we were talking, Teresa and I, before I recorded or started recording. And one of the things we were talking about is there's different modalities. And so that's one of the things I wanted to say is different things work for different people. And for me, breath work like Teresa has been super effective. And I've tried other things. Like one thing I've tried is tapping 
and uh-huh. I've met people who have had profound experiences with tapping. And I'm yeah. like, it does nothing for me. It's like irritating <laughs> to me. <laughs> so I'm like, but you know, I want people to be exposed to it at my program, right. my my expansion program. I offer that as an option. Uh-huh. But I, for me personally, and I have such the monkey mind. So I wonder if breath work is a good monkey mind. Uh, it is. Tool. And so I'm it so definitely glad you said is. That. that makes so, so much more sense. Yeah. When the monkey mind quiets down, then you can hear the intuition. You can hear that quiet voice within. And that that's another thing that I, I love is that intuition a lot of people are like, well, how do I know if it's intuition or if it's just my mind feeding me more of the same bad stuff? And uh, I kind of love the explanation that intuition is always soft and quiet and there's never urgency. Whereas monkey mind or our regular thinking is always going to have a, an urgency component to it. If you don't do this by this date, this is going to happen and it's going to be bad. The quiet voice, the intuition says, it's sometimes it's a, just like a little question. What if you tried that? Like it can be that simple. What if you tried that? Or what if you tried, what if you tried painting? I've never painted anything in my life. And because of that, we tend to dismiss it because it's soft. It doesn't shout. And we're living in a paradigm now where everything is being shouted. Um, and everything is urgent. Yeah. Everything is urgent and on demand the end of the world, yeah. it's just the, eh, frenzy and intuition is not that intuition is very soft and quiet and assured and, and you can ignore it very easily, but probably negative things are going to happen and you'll find out that it, it will, it's still there. It's you've just sort of buried it uh-huh. because it's not convenient often. It's not what we necessarily want to hear, or we think that it we're going to hear. So so it's easy to discount, but it's quiet. And that's kind of how it's quiet and there's no urgency. So how did you find breath work? Because I always like to hear the, the backstory in terms of this was a late in life thing that you started. It wasn't yes. something that you did when you were younger. And did, was it to, for help for yourself? Yeah. Initially, it started off that way. I actually heard a podcast interview. It was Hay House that was doing like a week or 10 day summit or something. And there was this breathwork facilitator that was on there. And he was just going on and on about all these amazing things that it did. And his enthusiasm for it was so amazing that I was just like, oh my God, I have to figure out what this is. And yeah, I actually looked him up and he was my trainer. So I did my training. That's how that you're in your purpose, right? Yeah, it was easy. Yeah. The way he expressed his enthusiasm and excitement and was bringing people in Mm -hmm. and he's he's doing what he's meant to do. And then, yeah. And then you were brought in and then you learned it. So was that you, so you were listening to it and at that moment you were just going to try it or you were like. I wanna, yeah, I maybe. wanted. I just wanted to find out more about it. Any, I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's been a, a while now. If I just did, because he had a weekly online session for 25 bucks or something like that, and I, I think that I did that. And then he also had something on his website where you could, for a relatively small amount of money, you could get his recording of a couple of breathwork sessions. And, and I got that and I just really liked it. I liked the way I felt afterwards. And 
It is a challenge. I, I want to say that up front for anybody who hasn't done it before. It's almost like a physical workout in terms of you're breathing in a particular style and it's it takes effort. Why so breath work? Yes, it is. it's not breath play, it's breath work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But again, like I could not do it without his instruction. Like I could never have gotten through it. I, especially in the beginning, I had, I, my body would just get so cold. I would have blankets next to me. I was weighted blankets. I was pulling so much on. And I just think about it now, which that the cold rarely happens to me. And it's just so interesting the way our body processes trauma. I'm sure that's what it was doing. It was... And that's another great benefit of breath work. It processes trauma. Trauma is stored in our bodies. Any traumatic event, we may think that we're over it in our minds. We're not thinking about it anymore, but it's stored somewhere. It's in your shoulder. It's in your hip. It's in your tissue. And breath work is so effective at it over oxygenates the blood. And so it clears things. And that's I think what got me so excited about it was that I felt a physical difference. Mm. And so then I just wanted to continue in with it and went on and did all of his training. Yeah. And it gets you out of, and I get uh, confused on the terms. Is it the parasympathetic? Yes. It puts you into parasympathetic instead of sympathetic. Sympathetic is fight or flight, fawn, freeze, all of those go in there parasympathetic is the rest and digest. And it's also where our body goes into an alkaline state. And when your body is in an alkaline state, it can heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things. Your body heals when it's in an alkaline state and breath work does that. Mm, Yes. Yes. Acidic state is like cells love cancer cells. I know. Yes. Bad cells love. They thrive in that acidic environment. That's why nutrition is important too. But yeah, so why don't we talk about, do you have any personal experiences you want to share with results from breath work? Because I can share a couple that I've had, my students have had because, and I do want to expand a little bit on what Teresa said about it is hard work. I was telling her, I don't think I could do breath work by myself. I need a facilitator to do it because you kind of, when it starts to get hard and before you get into, you after, is it like three minutes into it? You mm-hmm. kind of forget the hardness. You kind of get into this rhythm yeah. of it. Yeah. And, it usually and, takes a, what, the first song because it's done to a playlist. Breathwork yeah, is done that's to a playlist. Too, the yeah. And I'm very intentional about the songs that I pick for the the playlist based on what I may know about the group that I'm doing it for. So toward the end, I I go toward more sort of empowerment songs and things like that. And make you cry. (laughs) All all of it can make you cry. And that's another amazing thing. It processes emotions. It helps you process emotions. So if you have some emotion that's been suppressed and you likely don't even, you're not aware of it. You don't know that you're suppressing this emotion because you've been doing it for such a long time, maybe your entire life since childhood. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I I feel like when I'm doing it that first 3 minutes 
if you can imagine holding a plank for three minutes, it's <laughs> yeah. really hard. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then all of a sudden I, I kind of get into this groove. I just call yes. it a groove. And yeah. I remember as I, I asked you one time, cause I said, I just, I get results, but sometimes, and I know it's just my analytical brain, like trying to step in, but it's, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. It's, I'm not doing it wrong. Oh, she told me, oh, I'm like not on the pace and all right, you know, I'm thinking I'm not, but then at, you get it to a point where you kind of forget that it doesn't matter if that makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. So the mind is doing that because it's just unfamiliar and your the brain's job is to protect you from anything dangerous and it views unfamiliar as dangerous. So that's why the mind resists it so much, typically for what we say is like the first song. Most songs are three, three and a half minutes, yeah, whatever. But then, but then as you keep doing it, those thoughts tend to fall away and your body does sink into that groove. And that's where, you know, that's where the good stuff really comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can share a couple of stories. Yeah, please do. The, the one that was really profound, I don't know if I've told you this before, but uh, I was, and it might not have been with you. It might've been before I met you, but I was having trouble letting, allowing my students to get emotional. You like, mm-hmm. so they start to get, emo- and I know that the transformation is in that, isn't some the discomfort. Oil, the, yeah. And that needs to be processed, but I'm a really positive person who's always wanting to make people smile and always wanting to make people happy. Right. Yeah. And so Fix as a coach, it. it was a very big struggle for me when I started to see somebody, I asked him a question and the tears would start to come and they start to get emotional. And I would quickly try to help them through it or try. I, I was hard for me to sit back and give them space. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just need space because they're starting to process stuff in that moment. And so I had a breathwork session. I think I had just had a coaching session where somebody had needed me to give them a little more space. And I felt like I rushed them through it. Mm -hmm. And so I said, my question, and I think, and that you are good at this prompt us for what do you want through this? What messages are you looking for? What answers would you like to find? And so my question before I went into that was, why can I not? let my students experience their emotions. Why am I rushing them through it? And my father came to me in the breathwork session. I'm probably going to get emotional with it. My my father died suddenly and he was just a wonderful guy, big, big influence in my life, funny guy, but he, I remembered and he reminded me because he came to me, he reminded me when he was very young, he was put in foster care and he was put in foster care. His mother had TB and tuberculosis. And so she couldn't care for him. And he, it was a very bad experience for him for a couple of years. I don't even know. He wouldn't talk about it. I just knew he did. I remember he talked about this one couple who was the best couple. So I think he, he went to a couple, few different places. I don't mm-hmm. know if he was abused or what, but I would guess maybe he was, but I think he had blacked it out. And his, my whole life, he was funny. He was a jokester. He, we, he nicknamed everything, but he was also very, almost a critical. He would name 
the next door neighbor, the Blands, because they yeah. they were bland. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, but he was very dry witted, but he was also kind of would make fun of other people. And, but in a way that nowadays it would be like, oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then you didn't think about it. And then we, it would be funny. It would always be funny. So, yes. And so I never, we never were sad, which is a, kind of a nice house to be in. But anytime you got sad, there was a joke. Anytime you got sad, you were pushed through it to the other side. Right? Oh, wow. That's a great realization to come to, though. Yeah. And also that whatever happened with him, like trauma is trans transferred through the generations. Mm. It actually affects your DNA. So, you know, so it physically went to you besides just the behavioral aspect of living in that sort of environment. It was likely like programmed into you at birth in a sense, because that was his trauma and, and the traumas will come down through the generations. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I like to say is break your generational trauma with breath work and ask him do that. Yeah. I did not go into that saying, cause I had no idea. So I didn't say, dad, what do you think? But I think <laughs> if you do want to connect with somebody on the other side, you, if you ask them a question, I, I think it's likely that connection will happen in a breathwork session. It, it's certainly possible. It is absolutely possible. And one of the reasons that it is possible is because it, it's basically like you're setting an intention. I would like to get advice from or hear from so-and-so. And the intention gives your thinking mind something that it can do. So it it likes having an intention to pull it through the session and that set that intention kind of opens the aperture for new things to come in. Yeah. So I, I, I usually hears it and says, ah, oh, yeah, yes, exactly. Let's, let's yeah. You created an opening. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so I think often when something we're stuck with uh, is, and I, I think that's important. We reflect, you know, why did I act like that? Or why did, how could I be better? And you go forward with that. And then we just know the reason why that we didn't know before. And that's why I say the answers are within us. You just need to figure yes. out how to get to them. But I didn't know, but it, I, it helps so much that yeah. now I know why I'm pushing through. Now I know we don't have to have a joke here. We don't have to make the person happy here because there is an experience, which my father unfortunately probably never got to process Right. That, grief, that sorrow. Yeah. That, yeah. That, it, that likely the time that he was alive and the fact that he's a man, they don't, they can't have anything that shows any sort of sign of weakness. So yeah. that was very big in those generations. I mean, it still is. Men have their own difficult things to work through for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have my student recently, I think it was two sessions ago that we, we did and she, her dog died. And I think we talked about this because I've had her on my podcast. I think we talked about it in a in another episode. But her dog died and was she was devastated. Lives alone, and mm -hmm. it was her baby, older, but you know these dogs don't live forever, unfortunately. And, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they're gone too soon. But she was pretty sad, pretty sad. And so she waited. She was waiting, and we get older, and we think, oh, do I really want another dog? I don't. If, I don't know if I really want a puppy. Don't want to go through that. So, anyways, 
we have a breathwork session. And at after the breathwork session, Teresa said, well, what was the experiences? Did anything come up for anybody? And she said, well, I, I thought about my dog who died. And she didn't think anything of it, but she said, it just came to me. My, the, I just was in the space of whether the dog connected to her or her thoughts just connected that with that, which she missed her dog. I don't know. But yeah, she could have been grieving. Yeah. It's a very good way to process grief, too. So yeah. so it, that probably did come up for her as something that she, her body knew it needed to process. Yeah. And so we left it at that. Oh, she thought about her dog. Two days later, she messages me and says, you are not going to believe this. She said, I got a message from somebody who has a dog who asked me if I could take the dog. And the dog was the same kind of dog that she had. <laughs> I just <laughs> like, love those stories. Holy crap. So oh, amazing. my God. Yeah. yeah. I, it was it almost like her old. Yeah. Any more synchronicity than that. It was like her old dog was saying it's okay. It's yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I know. Yeah. yeah. And now, I'm telling you. And now amazing. we have calls and I see your little dog sitting on her lap and <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> and it's not a puppy. So it's, you know, she doesn't have it to filled all the things. It. Yeah. Yeah. Without her even asking for it, it filled all of her needs. Yeah. Because the universe always knows better than we do. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to sit back and trust and rely on it. Yeah. And I like to say too, that I think you're always given what you need. Yes. In these sessions. And yes. I remember one session we did, you said, what do you want? And I said to you, I said, I want peace because I was feeling very in a swirl at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what was going on. I just think I had such a full plate. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't taking the time that I needed to take. Uh -huh. to relax, which is a problem I have. It's just kind of like my nature. If Sure. I, I really have to force myself to do these habits that help me to settle yes. and to be calm, which is why I love breath work. But I said, I just need peace. <laughs> I remember, well, I don't even remember because I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I just know that oh, I, I did the breath work session and we got near the end. And the next thing I know, I look up and <laughs> everybody's off the zoom call because <laughs> we have a, we were on the computer, but we're laying down. So we're all connected, but we're kind of in our own little world. And it was like 45 minutes later. And I'm like, where did everybody go? What happened? Oh my God. Did I fall asleep? I'm like hosting the session and I, I friggin' fell asleep. Fortunately, I think you had the controls with zoom, but so I messaged afterwards. I was like messaging everybody. What happened? <laughs> I got the piece. I do, I I do remember that. I do remember that because you were awake like for the whole session. And it wasn't until the very end when I like take you through the moments and do the, a little uh, meditation. I always end with a sort of a poem to, to meditate on or to sort of sink in that time period. And there was some time in that where you just, your arms quit going up and you were just, you were gone. <laughs> I was. It was like yeah. lights out. Yeah. And I got a nice little nap there, which I needed. 
<laughs> talk about relaxing and getting peace. Yes, it does. It gives you like, what, what that you was need. amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. So it's, you have a couple things. Let's wrap up. You've got some things that people can go through, which I love. Yeah. I yeah. Have, I mean, like actions for them to take after. The- yeah. So obviously I say do breath work as much as you can. When I started, I was doing it like three or four times a week which is a lot, (laughs) but I think I needed it. Like I was called to do it. And so I kept doing it. But generally speaking, if you do want to start, it is a practice. It's not something, it's just like exercise. You can't go for an hour and a half hike one day and figure you're good for the whole month. You have to be regular about it. So like once a week is a really good practice. But in general, the breath that you have with you all the time can do so many things for you. So even just taking three deep belly breaths and letting a sigh out on the exhale, it sounds so minor, but belly breathing is much different than chest breathing. Your body gets oxygenated better with deep belly breathing. And most of our breathing throughout the day is short and shallow. So you actually have to think about taking a conscious breath into your belly. So a deep belly breath and then a sigh on the exhale, ah, and that sound, it's a signal to our old ancient brain of safety and relaxation. When your brain hears a sigh, it knows it's safe. It's not got to go running from a tiger. So three conscious breaths, sighing on the exhale, even like before you give a presentation, or before you have a difficult conversation with someone or whatever, that can really bring your nerves down, get you centered, get you in a confident, good place. So three deep belly breaths with the sigh on the exhale is one tip. Um, Yeah. And uh, let me say, because I I think this is important. A belly breath is when you can feel your belly grow. Yes. When you feel if you, so that's really important to feel down there because I think so many people are, are not, doing that. And no, like you said, no. it's, it's very shallow. And I, I was in a, at a retreat and I got called up to a room and they took me through an exercise and they said, take a deep breath. And I did. And they were like, no, a belly breath. And I was like, well, take a deep breath. And, and they, <laughs> the person actually had to come up to me and, and say, you. no, breathe yeah. again. Cause uh-huh. I was only deep breathing in my chest. Your chest. Yeah. 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 And that's what's so beautiful about breath work or the type of breath work that I teach is that it's all done with a belly breath. And so you get used to that feeling of expanding your stomach and letting that diaphragm drop so you can really fill out. You you do want to, and, and that's another really great tip is put a hand on your belly, a hand on your belly and a hand on your chest, and you'll see where you're breathing because you'll yeah. see what's moving. Yeah. We're all so, so used to holding our tummies in. <laughs> Yeah, holding our tummies in and, we do not and holding our, our belly. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things. Yes, yes. Uh, and then another tip is to hum. And humming is kind of a, it's actually a form of sound healing. The brain really likes a hum. And the human voice is like the most healing sound that there is for a human. So you're sort of providing that to yourself when you're humming. Um, I love that. I come a lot in the car to songs. And then my daughter, my younger daughter in particular, she's now, she now doesn't live with me anymore, but she used to complain about it. So now if I ever hum and she complains, I'm going to tell her it's my self healing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Maybe you can get her to hum with you. <laughs> yes. I'll tell her. It's my breathwork facilitator said it's the best. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yes, exactly. So anyway, those are a couple of tips to, to help awesome. you. If you can't do a full-blown breathwork session, try those things, but obviously do a full-blown breathwork session. <laughs> yeah. And do you recommend humming without music or humming with music or just anytime after you're done with your meal? Like I often will dance around my kitchen a little bit when I'm done eating. And that's also really good for your, the glucose. It helps keep that straight and not spiking. So yeah, just dance around your kitchen, hum a little bit, do it in your bathroom, totally naked. I've done that. It's so ridiculous. I think I'll have my robe on. I I do not like to be naked. It's very freeing. So, you know, yourself. My parents were nudists, so isn't that funny? So, but that's not my choice. My first choice is robe on, but that's a whole other podcast episode. I think I talked about it once, but (laughs) yes. All right. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you. You'll be helping my next cohort of students. Yes. Yes, They love you. I'm looking forward to that as well. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.